Aging Matters is sponsored in part by the Aging Life Care Association, an organization of aging life care professionals. Aging life care professionals offer guidance, advocacy, and support for older adults and their families in order to maximize quality of life. An aging life care professional can be there for your loved one when you can't be. More information about the Aging Life Care Association is available at www.midatlanticalca.org. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. One of the leading health concerns for people over age 60 is falling, and it is often related to balance problems. Each year, millions of adults fall, and one in five of those falls leads to serious injury. My guest today is Terry Deal, physical therapist, board-certified geriatric specialist, and vestibular therapist with the Balance Center. She's going to talk about the relationship between balance problems and falls among older adults. She's also going to talk about causes and risk factors associated with falls and what this population can do to reduce and prevent them. So welcome, Terry, and thank you for joining me today. Hi, Cheryl. Good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome. Well, Terry, I'm sure that probably lots of folks that are listening at this moment have no idea what a vestibular therapist is. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll kind of go into the systems that are associated with what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Thank you for asking, because, yes, people often ask that question. First off, most vestibular therapists are physical therapists. Um, They may also be occupational therapists, but primarily they're physical therapists. And I am a physical therapist first and foremost. But um, because of my love for older people and trying to figure out why my patients kept falling, even though I worked on their orthopedic problems, I ended up learning a lot more about the vestibular system and how it impacts balance. So I became a vestibular therapist when I trained in the vestibular system. And what I do is I focus on people's motion sensitivity, dizziness, vertigo, and all of these things that lead to imbalance. Okay, well... That's a nice segue into a little anatomy and physiology lesson here first. So tell us about the vestibular system. Where is it located in the body? What is its actual function? You've talked about what some things that occur, and we're going to be talking more about that during the program today. But give us a little lesson as to what we're talking about here. Okay. The vestibular system, I like to keep it pretty simple. Predominantly, it's a sensory system, and it's responsible for providing our brain with information about motion, head position, and spatial orientation. Essentially, where are we in space, right? And people say, well, where is it in our bodies? 
It is in the inner ear. It's not in the ear that you can touch. It's inside the cranium. The inner ear is deep inside. And um, movements of the head cause the anatomical structures of the inner ear to send signals to the brain, which sends signals to the motor aspect of our eyeballs um, and down the spinal tract. So essentially it is the inner ear, the brain, and the eyes primarily. Okay. And then what you're talking about, because oftentimes you, you hear that these can impact and uh, be affected when you have balance problems. So is that true that that then the vestibular system impacts balance? And, and so talk a little bit about that, Terry, and then let's, since this is aging matters here, uh, get even a little closer to our listening audience, which is older adults. Why is that important uh, for older adults? It's very important that we have a clean and well-working vestibular system because that vestibular system feeds us. It feeds our brain information, which allows us to stay upright, right? Essentially to stay upright. It prevents us from falling. Essentially, it is the balance center. I tell my patients that the vestibular system is the master of our balance center. And, um, it tells us where we are in space. It tells us the direction of our movement, how slow and fast we are moving. And, you know, not a whole lot is known overall about the vestibular system. Even in some um, ear, nose, and throat physicians are very well versed in the vestibular system because it does include anatom anatomical structures in the e inner ear. Um, but even a lot of physicians are not that knowledgeable about it. And the reason I'm even bringing this up is because problems of the vestibular system can cause so many symptoms. Um, and patients go to the emergency room or their doctor all the time saying, I have dizziness. I have imbalance. I feel like I'm falling. I feel like I'm standing crooked. I don't I feel like I'm leaning, I'm walking into walls only to the left all the time. And these are some of the symptoms that you see with problems of the vestibular system. And um, obviously when you have these symptoms, you're just not able to stay upright and to feel properly placed in, in your own space. Um, does that answer your question? Yes, because what we're really leading to is older adults. And so what you're describing, some of these symptoms that you said that people will go to the emergency room to tell their doctor there, explain to us how common are balance problems among older adults? Is this more something that they experience rather than younger folks? Um, what would you tell us? I'd say that... Um, absolutely. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know we older persons hate to hear that, that yes, but it's true. Balance problems are more common. They are more typical as we age. And um, essentially, it's just that our bodies are simply less efficient as we age, just like a, an automobile. 
right? A 10-year-old, 15-year-old car is not going to run as smoothly as a one-year-old car. Things start to break down. They need to be replaced. Things break. And that's exactly why our balance becomes worse as we age. There's so many components of so many system components of our bodies that keep us having good balance. And when one or two facets of that balance system break down, we start to fall. And and Terry, are there certain health conditions that cause balance problems? Actually, gosh, yes, there are um, quite a few. What comes to mind, um, essentially, first, first and foremost, when you're simply looking just at the vestibular system, um, one of the biggest problems that I see and that I that I treat is vertigo. And vertigo is, is much more common in people over the age of 65. And what people experience when they have vertigo is that they are spinning or the world is spinning. And this will happen predominantly 80% of the time. They just go to roll over in bed to turn off their alarm and their world has just changed immediately. When you are spinning or your world is spinning, you cannot stand, you cannot drive, you cannot chase after your children, you cannot, uh, you know, do your work. So vertigo um, and specific injury to the vestibular system is one, one problem that causes imbalance. But then there are also other problems such as, um, well, just osteoarthritis, right? A lot of aging adults have osteoarthritis um, in the in the uh, joints. So if you have a hip joint that's deteriorating or a knee joint that's deteriorating, it's going to impact your walking. It's definitely going to impact your balance and it can lead to falls. So you have vestibular, you have orthopedic, you have system disorders such as diabetes. People with diabetes what's affected, what's strongly impacted is their nervous system and their blood supply, specifically into their legs, their lower legs and feet. And they have what's called, they often have what's called peripheral neuropathy, where they cannot feel their feet. They really have very poor sensation. And when you cannot feel your feet, again, it leads to, you don't know where your feet are specifically, and that leads to falls. So those are just a few examples of some of the, um, you know, specific, I don't know that they're called diseases, but problem areas that can lead to, um, to falls. And obviously, if you have a brain injury and people with Parkinson, definitely more at risk of falls. Okay. And I'm going to ask you a couple of other possible conditions, but before we and and you led nicely into what we're going to talk about today, which is which is falls, but I'm just curious in your uh, estimation, given how many uh, older adult uh, clients that you see, would you tell us that falling is an unavoidable result of aging? I don't believe so, but I do think you need to work hard at being that person that will end up falling. There are so many ways to prevent being at fall risks. And the most important way is just to maintain good overall health, good overall strength, good overall balance, and to stay active. 
Okay, and we're going to talk more about that uh, a little bit later in the in the program. Uh, you had mentioned a number of health conditions and diseases that uh, would would cause balance problems or could cause balance problems leading to a fall. But a couple of other areas I just wanted to to check in with you, and that's multiple medications and their side effects. Uh, given how often sometimes older adults are taking uh, multiple numbers of medications, have you seen that that, that can be a cause of, of, of a fall? Yes, I have. You know, I specifically have heard my patients talk about that when they have a new medication that caused a side effect of dizziness, of fogginess, difficulty concentrating. So when you are taking a new medication, even though your doctor recommended it for you, for often it's a cardiovascular medication, um, it's very important to stay in touch with that doctor to say, you know, I took it. I felt dizzy day one. I thought, well, I'm going to try it. I tried it two, three, four days. I'm still really dizzy. I'm afraid to move. You need to let your physician know because that's just not okay. Um, it absolutely, those kind of medications that, that cause dizziness um, can lead to falls. And the other side of medication is um, what's called polypharmacy. You know, older adults, specifically 75 and older, those are the ones who are taking five or more medications. And um, I, I talk to, you know, a lot of um, people who are taking care, who are caring for their aging parents. And it's just, um, boy, it's a task to keep up. What do I take in the morning, in the afternoon, at bedtime, before meals, after meals? And it appears they're taking, you know, 20 different tablets. Some of them are vitamins, but what we need to keep in mind and what um, physicians do definitely want to keep in mind is the interactive effect of medications. Some medications are not meant to be taken with others. And when they are, and two doctors may not know that they are prescribing, you know, this medicine that the other is prescribing, and it can real, really lead to serious problems. Um, one other thing I just want to mention is that I learned when I was studying uh, balance and um, specifically balance problems specific to the elderly is that the CDC actually puts forward something for physicians called the beers criteria for potentially inappropriate medication use in older adults. And um, it's the beers, yes, just like you're drinking a beer, because the gentleman who originally developed it, his name is Mark Beers, um, he developed it in 1991, and after his death, the CDC uh, took that over the task of every three years, analyzing, determining which medications need to be on that list of carefully looked at medicines if an older adult is taking them. So I'm very happy to have learned about that, that uh, the Beers criteria and that it is available for physicians and even for family members to take a look at. Okay, well, that's that's very helpful. I I was also thinking too that sometimes older adults are taking blood pressure medication, uh, so that could certainly be a problem. Do you see any um, 
cause and effect maybe with people who have low blood pressure or maybe have problems with vision uh, insofar as of, of more likely to, to fall? What have you seen? With blood pressure issues, um, what I specifically see is people who have a sudden drop in blood pressure. And um, that, um, it's known as, in the medical industry, it's known as orthostatic hypotension. Some people do have a, um, a chronic ongoing problem with this. Um, they tend to know how to deal with it. It's those people who suddenly have low blood pressure that may be caught off guard. They will feel uh, lightheadedness, dizziness, fainting, maybe nausea. And absolutely, um, when they go to stand up, they probably will drop to the floor. So it's really important to understand the symptoms of low blood pressure and to know that when you feel those symptoms coming on, the last thing you want to do is stand up quickly. You want to sit, you want to wait until you begin to feel more normal, more yourself before you go to move forward. And one of the biggest problems in people who have low blood pressure and um, and this dizziness, what I find in most of my older patients is a problem of dehydration and they just need to drink more and more water. It's so important. And unfortunately, because of problems with incontinence, a lot of older adults just really limit their, their intake of water throughout the day. So um, I think that speaks to your question about low blood pressure. As far as about problems with vision, absolutely. Absolutely. It's imperative that Older, older adults have their vision checked every year. Um, you know, it's really important that you have good depth perception, that you can look down and see that there's a drop, that there's a step, that you are able to see changes in texture, that you're able to have peripheral vision so that you can see something coming at you, coming towards you. Um, so definitely vision is such an important part of being able to maintain good balance by preventing falls. So it's, it's an important thing to, to keep, you know, to stay attuned to and to have checked every year. Okay. Well, I want to move into falls and, uh, we're going to talk more about, uh, outcomes and, and different types of issues, but, before we get into that, when you first uh, start working with a client, or just kind of generally, what are the most common injuries that occur among older adults as a result of a fall? Mm. Good question. Unfortunately, the most common um, outcome of falls are fractures, broken bones. And the most commonly broken bones are the wrist due to that outstretched hand, arm, uh, the wrist, the hips, broken hips, we hear about those all the time, um, a broken arm, the humerus bone, and the pelvis. So those are the most commonly seen outcomes of falls, are broken bones. And then of course, if you hit your head, 
um, that concussion and um, mild traumatic brain injury. Well, of course, it could be serious brain injury, but um, predominantly the fractures and some concussions. And I would imagine, Terry, that those kinds of injuries then can lead to other physical outcomes uh, as well. If you break your hip, maybe you can't uh, move as much, and that kind of kicks up your arthritis. I'm just thinking of that as an example. Uh, are there is is that an example of another physical outcome, or uh, what? What would you tell us in terms of short term physical outcomes that that are uh, occur due to a fall? Well, Cheryl, like you just said, um, you know, if you have an injury to one side, you tend to then use the other side of the body. You now have a stronger side of the body. You tend to avoid using that one side of the body. Um, so you often end up with an assistive device that you didn't used to use, such as a cane or a walker, and you'll end up with some just funky new way of walking. Um, which we call abnormal gait. Those are the short term. I mean, as far as just the physical problems that you that you have, if it's a wrist injury, goodness gracious, you know, that's your dominant arm. Um, there's just so many implications to not being able to do your work well, not being able to drive, not being able to dress yourself, those type of things. Yeah, in fact, that was what I was going to uh, add. I would assume that there's also mental and social issues, just as you said. You can't drive. You have to be more reliant on other people. Anything else that may occur uh, as a result of the fall that you've seen your patients uh, talk to you about? Yes. Um, what I see that's really the um, of, of the most concern to me, more so than that short-term physical limitation, is is this new onset of fear, fear of movement. Because they fell and they don't want to fall again, they begin to move less. They begin to sit more. They stop doing that bicycle activity that is what not what made them fall. Often it's some little kid that accidentally runs into them. They were doing nothing wrong, but now there's that fear of injuries can happen on the bike trail. So they stop biking, you know, just staying more, more homebound. But really it's that fear of falling that leads to fear of movement that leads to just really being less active, that it, that becomes one of the big problems. Okay, well, and that is a good place to stop because the next part of the program is going to be about how we can prevent all of this. But we're going to take a short break right now in case you tuned in late. We are talking with Terry Deal, who is a physical therapist, a board-certified geriatric specialist, and a vestibular therapist with the Balance Center. And we'll be talking more with her in the second half. But right now, you should know that uh, you are also listening to WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Aging Matters is brought to you in part by Kathy Corridan, Senior Real Estate Specialist. Kathy is a realtor with KW Metro Center in Alexandria and works with seniors in Alexandria, Arlington, and D.C. to make selling their home and moving less stressful and more successful. More information is available at 
971-7237 or ccatkw at gmail.com. Welcome back. We are talking with Terry Deal, physical therapist and also a board-certified geriatric specialist and vestibular therapist about the relationship between balance and falls. Important topic right now. And in fact, Terry, before we get into where falls occur and, and certainly as important prevention, I wanted to hear what you had to say as to what's happened with older adults in connection with social isolation and the pandemic, has the has the pandemic really had an effect, maybe increasing the the likelihood of balance problems and falls? What have you seen? What have you heard? I've absolutely seen so much of what social isolation and fear of leaving the house due to this pandemic um, has done to our older adults. I I have so many, goodness, so many examples I could tell you. Um, I had a gentleman call me, you know, about a month ago to say his wife, who has multiple health problems, but had been doing very well, had been working with a personal trainer, had been just doing really well and moving well. But then when the pandemic came and just having to be home and sit and do nothing but watch TV or read for the last year has has really set her back. And the, I've just seen this over and over. Somebody that was walking without an assistive device now is coming in using a cane, but not even safe with the cane where they really need to be on a walker because that's how quickly if you already have some health issues, especially, that's how quickly our, our body can deteriorate, both in muscle strength, specifically muscle strength. We lose strength so quickly as we age, and, um, and that new weakness definitely leads to, leads to falls. And people didn't get out as much and see other people, so that social isolation also has an impact, as as I'm sure that you uh, you've seen, yes, 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 very much so. Well, now of course we're still kind of in a holding pattern um, because of of the Delta variant. I'd like to hear what you have to say about the possibility of falls in the home. Are there certain rooms and areas in the in the house where falls are more likely to occur? And what are the factors or items or things that cause falls in each of these areas? Sure. Well, first and foremost, it's going to be any room where there are stairs. Stairs are the number one place where people fall. Three reasons I can think of. One is people will say, I thought there was one more step, but there wasn't. Or um, I was carrying, you know, when they're carrying laundry or carrying a box as they go downstairs, that type of thing. So stairs is, is probably where you see the most falls occur. You also have, um, in the living rooms where 
quite a few accidents occur in living rooms, but usually it's when there is something different or the small area rugs, those small little throw rugs. Those are one of the biggest um, problems in the living room. In the bedroom, um, you know, recently I have had a spell of patients who simply fell as they were getting out of bed. And I think that the reason I'm seeing more of that is because they just, they just can't believe that, that just the simple act of rolling onto their side and sitting up, that they might lose their balance as they go to move forward. But that's what this pandemic has done to a lot of people. Simply getting out of bed and going to take that step forward is catching them off guard. But getting out of bed and then getting out of the bed and walking toward the bathroom. When patients are groggy and sleepy in the middle of the night and they get up to go use the bathroom, that is when many falls occur. And predominantly that is because it's dark, um, because they can't see well, or again, sometimes it's just um, a new medication that all of a sudden they're in the dark. There's just, there's so many multi-factors in the dark that, um, that lead to, um, to falls. And have you heard of examples of falls outside the house? Oh goodness. Yes. Um, especially in the garden, in the garden, in the yard. And I think the reason this happens, um, quite a bit is because there's an uneven terrain, right? There's there's creeks and crevices and little potholes hiding underneath that grass that you don't see. And um, you can roll your ankle. Um, You know, you'll hear a noise outside and quickly turn your head or look up and fall backward. Or, you know, there's, there's more distractions outdoors as far as just getting from the front door or the garage door to a car, you know, you have to get, again, over that railing. Um, A lot of people have just a few steps to get down to their walkway to get to their vehicle, but they don't have a rail there for them to gently hold on to. And perhaps they never noticed they needed that before because they just didn't need that before. But again, with less activity, and more loss of balance, um, they're now beginning to fall in that area. And do you tell uh, the earlier when you were saying about inside the house or the, some of the examples that you just gave uh, outside the house, do you advise your uh, older adult patients how they can reduce the, their risk of falling at home? And what do you tell them? I do. One of the biggest things that I talk to my patients about is light, lighting. They just need to have lights on at night so that when they are going from their bed to the bathroom, um, I often advocate having night lights or looks that are between the spaces or simply leaving the bathroom light on so that they have that light, that target to move, to move toward. So absolutely lighting. Number two get rid of the throw rugs, right? Um, You need to have rugs that will not move if you put your foot on it. It needs to stay firmly planted, connected to the floor. I know this is going to sound funny, but I 
I really advocate to patients to count their stairs. If they know, if they often, many, many people in this area, anyhow, they don't go downstairs that often other than to do laundry. But then with laundry, you get into the, they have to carry that laundry down the stairs. So there's a couple of things that I advise there. One is, well, several things. One, you want to have a rail put in. You need to have a handrail where you can hold. Obviously, if you're holding a laundry basket, you don't have an extra hand to hold that rail that you've now had installed in your hand. I know what's advocated with many home therapists, uh, home PTs, is they recommend that the person switch to a laundry bag that they can simply toss down the stairs or that can follow along behind them instead of a laundry basket. And the last thing that I, I am a huge fan of um, is counting your steps. If you know that there are 10 steps between your main floor and down to the laundry room, simply count. If you know there's 10 with every step in your mind or even out loud, you say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. You know you've hit that last, you know you've hit that landing. It's very important. So it may sound funny, but um, I actually do it. And it's just such a habit. And it gives me so much confidence that I'm not going to miss that last step. Well, that's that's good advice. And especially if there are a lot of stairs in a person's home or, or, or wherever. Do you also give a certain piece of advice to older adults? What should they know and do in case they do fall at home or elsewhere? What do you tell them? One, I mean, one of the biggest things that I ask about with my patients is, is who is around them? Who lives around them? Who knows their activities? You know, do they have adult children in the area? Do they just somebody that they're in contact with here or there that would even notice if they hadn't heard from them, right? Um, but what's most important for me with my patients is for them to know that falls do happen. Even for a very healthy, let's say you're an older adult that is super active, you know, plays sports, just very active. But sometimes accidents happen and you could fall and um, break your wrist. So anybody can fall. I don't just say this to, to my frail older adults. Anybody can fall. What I want them to know is how to get up. So if you have strong legs, you are you're lucky. You know, everybody doesn't have strong legs that can just pop up immediately. So sometimes, um, actually, especially if my patient has already fallen, I absolutely will have them get right back to the ground and I'll teach them how to get up. And what I teach is you've fallen, you wait, you sort of check out to see is anything broken, no sudden movements that you could make worse. Um, you turn on to your side, then you turn on to all fours. And, you know, if you're able, then you crawl over to a piece of furniture. You're on all fours, you crawl over to a piece of furniture, you bring one leg forward and you push yourself up using that piece of furniture, preferably a chair. So you'd be surprised how many people might land on the floor and especially with the panic setting in, they just won't know how to get up. They just can't figure it out. So if you've practiced this, 
three, four, five, six times in the clinic, they know they can get up and um, it just gives them so much relief, you know, just freedom of just that fear of if I land on the bottom, what's, you know, what's going to happen to me? They know they can help themselves. Okay. Well, I want to get into prevention and uh, for the rest of the program here, but to get started, Terry, help us understand, like if somebody says, well, I really want to make work on preventing falls. Let's, what type of health provider should an older adult talk to about preventing falls? And if they're going to do this, if they're an intent to, to follow up on this, what information should they share? Thanks for that question. That's really important. Obviously, I would say, boy, you know, talk to a physical therapist about falling. But, you know, some people have never even heard of a physical therapist. They have no idea that one of our favorite things to do is to work on balance, strength, falls prevention. So where you start is with your primary care doctor. When you go to the doctor, it's very important to tell them, you know, I've really been feeling dizzy. I've been feeling unsteady. I've been feeling blank. Primary care physicians um, should be really tuned in to listen for those words. And I know um, actually the CDC is working with healthcare providers now to help keep older adults safe from falls. And um, they are asking that at each visit, healthcare providers should ask patients, even if the patient doesn't say, because patients don't want to come forward and say, I've fallen, I fell last week. Um, I sat up in bed and I just slipped off my bed, which happens. Um, They're embarrassed. And they also think, oh, it was just, it happened once or twice. It's not going to happen again. They won't say anything. So physicians um, more and more, and I'm happy to hear this, are asking patients if they have fallen in the past year, um, if they feel unsteady or if they worry about falling. And um, another thing that patients should let their doctors know is if they have been started on a new medication elsewhere. And this is something that the physician will be doing as well as reviewing medications, stop, switch, or reduce the dose of medications that could increase the risk of falls, right? And um And another thing that physicians are being asked to do by the CDC is to recommend vitamin D supplements to our um, older adults. I think what you're saying is it's kind of a falls risk assessment. Is that really what the the primary care doc is doing, is is going through all of these particular areas to to evaluate or uh, the, the patient? Yes, absolutely. It is, in fact, the acronym for this falls risk assessment that the physicians are being asked to do by the Center for Disease Control is STEADI, S-T-E-A-D-I. And um, of course, I can't remember what those letters all stand for, but but that's exactly what it is. It's a, uh, a quick risk assessment that um, that the physicians are doing in their office that can pinpoint this person um, definitely has uh, a risk of falling and should be referred out to um, to work on these problem areas. And I am wondering, you asked, you mentioned about people falling before. Might that be the strongest indicator that a person could fall in the future? What have you seen? 
Absolutely. As I mentioned, anybody can fall. You know, eight-year-olds fall, 20-year-olds fall. We all fall. But as we age, the strongest indicator that a person will fall is that person that has had two falls in the past year. So it's not to be ignored. It's not to be taken lightly. You really should come forward and, and fess up, right? I, I've fallen. I'm starting to fall a little more. And you know, something that I want to bring up are, are those persons who didn't completely fall to the ground, but those people who are starting to notice, boy, I almost fell. I almost fell going around that corner into my bedroom. I almost fell, you know, that near, what we call near falls, near falls, where they almost fell, they managed to catch themselves. When you're starting to have more and more of those, that's absolutely an indicator that you are hugely at risk of falling. Well, I want to hear more now, and I'm sure our listeners do too, about how you as a physical therapist help prevent older adults from either falling a first time or falling again. I'm assuming that you you really focus on helping them improve their balance and prevent falls, but how do you do this? Well, um, if somebody is coming in because they um, are noticing they are just unsteady, right? They haven't really fallen or they have. Either way, if I'm looking at I want to determine where are they on the scale of at risk of falling. I would do the same tests on everybody. These are tests that are um, have been tested, researched, validated um, across people of their own age, right? So one example is I'll start with um, without using their hands, how how long does it take them to stand up, sit down five times? They should be able to do this in 15 seconds or less. Um, it will take people sometimes close to a minute. Anything over that 15 seconds indicates that they are twice as likely to fall. Um, and again, that sit to stand test is a strong indicator of their power, power and strength in their legs. It's just a nice functional test. Then I'll have them um, walk. There's, there's a test called the timed up and go where they, they stand up, they walk 10 feet, they turn around, they walk back, and then they sit down in their chair. And again, that's a time test. If you, uh, 13 seconds or less is, is how quickly you should be able to do that. And persons who take much longer than that, again, fall into that at-risk of falls category. Then I'll move into their um, balance tests. I will move into testing them, um, their balance feet together on a flat surface, eyes open, eyes closed. Then I'll have them stand on a spongy surface, eyes open, eyes closed. And so all of those findings um, have been validated and, and tell me where they are at risk of falls and also what we need to work on. And then um, the fourth test that I, I will do is having them walk and do different things such as ask them to walk faster and then all of a sudden ask them to slow down, ask them to walk and turn around and stop, ask them to walk and turn to look to the left or turn their head to look to the right, but continue to walk straight. 
Have them walk but look up or look down and continue to walk straight. Have them walk, step over an object and keep walking. So these are all, all of these things that I've gone through that sounds like so much. I can do this in 20 minutes or less. And it can give me so much information on, oh, yes, they are severely at risk of falls, moderately, or just in the low, you know, entry level risk of falls. Um, And it gives me just all of the information of what they need to work on, what we need to work on together, what I need to teach them. So what happens then? So somebody gets, I don't know, a medium score on their... uh on these, these various exercises. How do you then plan a program for them? How long do you see them? Uh, give kind of what, what's, the, what's the plan then uh, for each patient or give an example of, of a patient and what you might do. Okay, well, we look specifically to where they did not do so well. And that's where I would start, not in the hardest, but in that sort of middle of the road area. Um, I'll give them exercises such as, well, let me start with, with, um, with their strength. One of the most important areas that we need in order to catch ourselves, to prevent ourselves from falling is that quick reaction, right? Um, and to be able to step out and have that foot brace us, right? Have that foot brace us, um, step forward, step to the side, step back and, and, um, and not fall. And so much of that begins with our calf, mus- calf muscles. And I can't tell you how often I see that the calf muscles are just the first to go, um, especially in that diabetic patient that we talked about that had peripheral neuropathy. You know, you should be able, even an older adult should be able to stand hands high on the wall, um, stand at the, facing the wall, stand on one leg, touching the wall for balance, and stand and come up and down on that um, on the ball of your foot um, twenty times on each leg. So if they cannot do that, because our calves are so important to preventing um, that fall, I absolutely work on calf strength. Um, we call gastroc strength. Work on strength of the of the glutes of the um, quadriceps. And my favorite way to do that is in functional, um, functional programs. So for example, in the standing, um, calf raises, as we call them, sometimes they need to stand on both legs. Sometimes they can stand on just one leg and do the calf raises. Um, the glute and quad exercise, I'll have them start in a chair sit to stand. That same test that I did now becomes an exercise. So sit to stand exercises. Maybe they get to hold on to something initially, or maybe they're at the point where I say, please stand and sit three, uh, you know, 10 times. Give me three sets of 10 of sit to stands. Um, And that may be a part of their program. So I absolutely look at strength and um, Flexibility, especially, again, at the ankle level, very important. Um, Most older people have a tendency to the body weight all goes back instead of forward. And people are afraid of falling forward, but really where they're falling is backward. And a lot of that is because of tight, um, tight heel cords. 
So a lot of gastroxoleus stretches as part of my program. And lastly, I work on balance because balance is something that can be improved. It can be trained. It can be retrained, you know, so balance is not just something that happens or it doesn't. We do lose balance for some reasons, but even in people who have an injury to the balance center, to the vestibular center, I work with them on balance activities because the brain can figure out new ways to allow them to stay upright, to stay balanced. And again, a lot of that is just with feet together, feet in tandem, practicing taking backward steps, side steps, um, standing, and then moving the head while looking at a target, and perhaps walking forward while moving your head side to side, looking at a target, walking backward, moving your head while looking at a target. So all of these things that bring in multiple systems of our body that are, that are what allow us to stay in balance. And we're, we're getting close to the end of the uh, program, Terry. I would welcome your thoughts about older adults participating in exercise and fitness activities in the community. Would you recommend that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of my things that I do. Once my patients are better, um, what I focus on is, all right, we are done working together. What are you going to do to keep yourself healthy and, um, you know, not falling? And the biggest thing is you've got to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. If they're an older, more frail adult, I will ask them to continue to do the exercise program specific to them. If they are someone who um, is more active and out of the house, you know, keep walking, keep cycling. Um, I work with many people who, um, uh, to help them find a personal trainer if that's something they're interested in. I also, um, depending on the area that they live in, which town they live in, I help them look up their um, their community rec center and the activities specific to older adults. Because one of the really nice things about that is um, it's just that social interaction of those group classes. And um, I know people just really enjoy those. And then there are also programs uh, sponsored by Medicare. One is called Silver Sneakers that you see in a lot of the gyms now. And I know that pickleball is a sport that has just become the rage around here in the Northern Virginia, um, DC metropolitan area, gentle yoga. And um, the National Institute on Aging has always recommended Tai Chi. There's a lot of evidence-based research behind Tai Chi being very helpful to maintaining balance and coordination. And finally, Terry, what advice would you give to your clients? Kind of along the lines of what you already said, but anything else that you tell your clients when they no longer need your services? Really, it's just keep moving, keep moving, keep enjoying life, continue to interact with your family and friends. It's all about keeping moving, you know. And staying strong. So, I yeah, I think I said it all before. Really, where I where I tend to coax them toward. Okay, and how can folks get in touch with you? Um, well, let's see. I um, I work out of the Balance Center in McLean, Virginia. That's where my my physical therapy clinic is. 
And you can find me, my website at balancecenterpt.com. And you can call me and make an appointment at 703-403-0848. I'd love to see you. All right. Well, I want to thank Terry Deal with the Balance Center for joining me today. If you'd like to know more about Aging Matters, you can visit our website, which is agingmattersonline.com. And at that site, you can learn about all the Aging Matters radio and TV show programs that have been produced. And by the way, all of the radio programs now are posted on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And so on the main page at the bottom are the icons for the two podcasts, and you can listen to the programs again and share with friends. You can also subscribe to the Aging Matters monthly email newsletter. That way you can receive updates about the new radio shows and the TV episodes that are coming up. And finally, I wanted to mention that Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media. And you can learn more about this company at inkmouthmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs.